Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. It's NBA Draft Night coming up later this evening for those of you interested. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And let's jump into the show lineup for today, a service of Honeybaked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, lots of headlines, lots of news and notes to get to. We weren't with you yesterday because of the uh, Bats baseball uh, day game, but back today, Thursday, and be with you again on Friday as well. So we've got some things to catch up on. We'll go through the NBA draft tonight for those of you that pay attention. Uh, Justin Betts and Bellerman, Providence graduate Justin Betts, uh, taking advantage of a six-year of eligibility for the Knights, and they released their schedule yesterday. Unbelievable schedule once again for Scotty Davenport's team, and so we'll touch on that. A Kyle Schwarber note, a Drew Ellis note, some Big Ten news to mention as well, and a recap of the Netsby Awards, which were fantastic on Tuesday night coming up here in segment number one. Later in the show today, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's always with me on Thursdays as we talk IU basketball year-round, and there's plenty to get to with Mr. Bozich today when he joins our program. And then later in the show, Corey Norman, former Jeffersonville great, member of the 1993 state championship team on the boys' side. He's the new girls' basketball coach for the Red Devils. A lot of big hires this offseason. Sharon Wilkerson taking over the boys' program. Corey Norman taking over the girls' program. And Larry Owens, former Jeff baseball great, former Bellarmine and minor league coach and player, uh, taking over the athletics department. We've had Coach Wilkerson and Coach Owens with us since they've had their new position. And uh, today it is Coach Norman's time to join us for a chat about coming back to Jeffersonville and his plans for the girls' basketball program at Jeffersonville High School. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. All right, let's start with, uh, well, I want to remind you, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is uh, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And at Thornton's right now, there's a promotion going on, Summer Cash Bash. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do is open your Refreshing Rewards app and click uh, the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries if you purchase select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. 
It's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, not a problem. You can text REWARDS to 80313. That's 80313 today. And uh, let's start with a recap of the Netsby Awards from Tuesday night. First off, job well done by Bill Hansen, Josh Cook, all of the staff at the News and Tribune that worked so hard to put that uh, dra- that uh, program together each and every year. I say this uh, often when I talk about the Netsbees, which is the News and Tribune Sports Performance Yearly Awards, just that, uh, modeled very similar to the ESPY Awards. Uh, same thing that uh, that they offer each year, a lot of different categories. A lot of different winners, but it's just a first-class way. The, the show is produced so well. Um, it, it's just a first-class way uh, to wrap up the sports season and to honor not just the finalists, but obviously ultimately the winners in each category. And uh, it's just, again, if you've not been, you need to go. If you're an athlete or the parent of an athlete, uh, you should check it out. Even if you're, uh, your son, daughter is a middle school or young high school athlete that may not be up for any awards, but just the way they do it, the lights, the sound, the music, the speakers, they had a wonderful round table uh, featuring a lot of former athletes in the area, Lara, Lara Overton, who is the working for the Colts, Colts Indianapolis Colts, a, a, a graduate of New Albany High School, and uh, she she's going to join us uh, on the show here soon, and so look forward to catching up with her. Also, Jacob Julius, a former Providence baseball standout that went on to have a great college career and flirted with the minor leagues as well and, and others uh, that was the highlight of the evening and of course each uh, a sport has a three finalist in most cases and uh, one winner we've highlighted a lot of the finalists and the winner uh, already here leading up to the event on Tuesday but w- one of the neat awards they hand out every year is the Netsby Lifetime Achievement Award and it's always a chance to honor somebody that maybe uh, is a former coach or has been involved in the high school sports, the local sports world for many years. And Wayne Stock of Clarksville was honored as the Lifetime Achievement Award winner uh, on Tuesday night. And it's amazing. You know, this program wasn't around uh, during Coach Stock's tenure. Uh, I wasn't out doing play-by-play of high school baseball games in the area uh, like we do now and following teams locally as far as they can go in the state tournament. But if we were, if we had been, we would have been following Coach Stock's Clarksville Generals. Uh, 39 seasons he was the head coach uh, of Clarksville Baseball. 737 wins, which I believe is 10th all-time in the state of Indiana. 20 Mid-Southern Conference titles. 12 sectional championships, five regional championships, and one semi-state championship uh, for Coach Wayne Stock, who was honored with his family uh, on Tuesday night. That was one of the highlights for me. I've known Coach Stock forever, it seems, but really not in the sense of a coach. Uh, knew him as a young kid growing up, but to see him get a chance to come back into the spotlight and be highlighted after the terrific career that he had, uh, just amazing what he was able to accomplish at Clarksville Baseball, and uh, it's amazing how things change. Um, Clarksville Baseball has been solid. They've not had uh, any sort of season or run near like what uh, they had under Coach Stock, but uh, that was the highlight for me, seeing him receive the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, So many other great individuals, athletes, coaches, former coaches, 
there that night, recognized that night. And it was fun for me as well. I got to kind of be the voice. Uh, Brett Rogers of Sounds Unlimited did a terrific job um, emceeing the program. He always does. Heck, he does all the events locally. But uh, I got a chance to be the voice in the background uh, announcing the nominees. We recorded all that in advance. And that was fun, a real honor to do. And then Josh Cook and I, who Josh is always with me Wednesday on the show, we had a chance to interview a lot of the athletes and coaches uh, on the red carpet, they say, as they arrived at Eastside Church and Jeff uh, in a little room to the side, and it was uh, broadcast or projected into the sanctuary. So as people were arriving for the evening, uh, they had some entertainment, got to hear from some of the uh, athletes and coaches that would be involved in the program that night. So that was a lot of fun as well. But kudos to the News and Tribune, another great edition of the Netsbees. And the best thing was we were back together. It was live. It was in person. Uh, it didn't have to be recorded or broadcast online. Uh, everybody could come together. And there was a nice crowd for the event. Uh, some of the athletes, some of the winners could not be there because they have to move on to college and they're in summer school and, and headed out of town. Uh, but a lot of a lot were. And uh, again, overall, a great crowd uh, for that very great way to wrap up the uh, high school basketball season, high school sports season. Uh, let me say that uh, for uh, the 21-22 school year. Uh, NBA draft is tonight. I've kind of been looking at, at what the mock drafts say and I think most everybody that I have seen, if you're following the draft tonight, have Jabari Smith going number one to the Orlando Magic, followed by Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga going number two to the Thun- Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then the third pick, Paolo Banchero of Duke, uh, going third to the Rockets. There had been, I noticed last night as I was uh, had the TV on, some talk that Banchero could go as high as two or even number one. So there is a thought that there could be some late movement there. But I think everybody, no matter what, is locked in that, in some order, Smith, Holmgren, and Banchero will be the top three picks tonight. I mentioned kind of a somewhat local uh, connection to the draft tonight is do the Spurs trade for that number four pick or uh, the number seven pick? They've been rumored for a lot of different trades in the draft tonight. And if they do trade, could it affect somehow, some way, Romeo Langford? Have no clue, but just something to watch from a local perspective because the Spurs, I think as much as any team out there, have been mentioned uh, trying to trade up for some picks uh, in the uh, higher picks in the NBA draft later tonight. Always a fun event. Again, uh, not a lot of connection necessarily to uh, the IU this year. There will be, uh, should be, uh, I think a great representation of the Big Ten Conference in the top ten, especially especially of the draft this year. So that will be fun to watch and see how things shake out for the Big Ten. But just kind of an entertaining night. You get to hear about some of these uh, uh, guys coming into the league, coming from overseas, coming from the G League Ignite and some of the other uh, pathways to the NBA that exist these days. And uh, so something that I always pay attention to, the NBA draft, and it gets underway, or it starts tonight, just two rounds. I think a lot of people still think it's a three, four, five round deal. It's no longer that. It's just two rounds. Uh, so a very quick deal in about three hours or so, uh, and then it is over. Also, looking around the Big Ten, I wanted to mention this. Uh, not that Minnesota was 
projected to be at the top of the conference or a competitor with Indiana for a Big Ten Conference championship. But you hate to see injury news in the offseason especially. And Parker Fox, uh, it was announced yesterday, a season-ending injury uh, for Minnesota in a off-season workout with his right knee during practice earlier this week on Monday. So he was expected to play a real role for the Gophers. And Ben Johnson, the new coach there, who's trying to establish those Minnesota connections, a lot of talent in Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota and that northern part of the country, uh, but obviously an injury in the offseason, not what you want to see to get things underway as far as your offseason stuff goes. Also, Bellerman and Justin Betts had a chance to catch up with Justin uh, earlier this week at the Netsby Awards. He was part of that great panel that spoke in between some of the award announcements. And Bellerman released their basically their full non-conference basketball schedule yesterday. And just an amazing schedule once again that has been put together by Coach Davenport and the Knights. November 9, they play at Louisville. They play following that November 18th at Clemson. And if uh, they didn't uh, get any harder, then they stay out on the East Coast and play November 21st at Duke. They also play at UCLA, at Kentucky, games against Loyola, Marymount, and Evansville as well. Also Miami of Ohio. That game will be played at uh, Freedom Hall, but and Murray State as well. That's going to be a Freedom Hall game also, I believe. But uh, my point is, unbelievable. Louisville, Clemson, Duke, UCLA, Kentucky. That is an unbelievable stretch, non-conference stretch for any team, let alone Bellarmine, who is going to be a second-year Division One program. And, of course, Justin Betts uh, will be a captain on that team. Justin Betts, uh, in his sixth year of college eligibility, taking advantage of that extra COVID year and uh, looking to do big things. And he plays such an integral role. I was talking with him about that uh, the other night. But he'll be one of the real leaders in multiple ways uh, of the Bellarmine men's basketball team. But I wanted to highlight their schedule. That is unbelievable, the games that a new Division I program last year and this year, even when they were Division II, they had a chance to play at Duke, and there were often big games. I think one year they played Indiana and uh, Louisville uh, in non-conference games. But things have went to a whole other level uh, for Coach Davenport and the Knights since they have been uh, at the Division I level. Also, a couple other notes to pass along. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, uh, former IU great, had his 19th home run of the season last night, just kind of tracking him as uh, he uh, helped the uh, Philadelphia team against the Rangers last night. And on a local note, uh, Little League District 5 tournaments are underway, and unfortunately, Uh, I'm going to be doing the show next week, but I'm not going to be able to do the games. We've got some conflicts. Uh, We do hope to follow some of the local winners on to the state tournament rounds. But I wanted to mention uh, a lot of the games taking place on the baseball side at New Albany Little League, which is located inside of Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park behind Northside Church. Uh, In softball, the Floyd's Knobs team has already won the major division championship. Uh, Floyd's Knobs is so dominant uh, in softball locally. They're uh, one of the great little leagues in the state when it comes to producing teams that go on to win state tournaments and represent Indiana and the World Series. And uh, again, the Floyd's Knobs team already won last night the District 5 championship with a 17-1 win 
over New Albany. That was the final game of a best-of-three district championship. So the major softball title uh, already set in Little League uh, softball and, of course, baseball underway. Understand that uh, New Albany and Jeff GRC had a great battle earlier this week to kick off the major baseball tournament. And we've had so many fun nights at the ballpark over the years. And unbelievably, the listenership for the Little League games, the parents and grandparents and former players and those respective leagues, and of course, especially as they move on to the state tournament, we've just had great numbers as far as our streaming goes. And so always fun to do that. I encourage you, if you're looking for some free entertainment this summer, especially next week if we get just a little cooler weather, Head out to New Albany Little League for some of the district championship games. Should be some great baseball played locally. And for me, it's been really a a real preview to what high school baseball in the area is going to look like. You get to know a lot of the families and kids and where they're going to go to high school and where they live, so where they should feed to. And uh, definitely uh, a fun district, a really good district. And I would say that whoever comes out of that major baseball, that uh, major division, 12 and under, uh, just like Floyd's Dobbs in softball, should have a chance to compete uh, for a state championship as well. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with <clears throat> excuse me, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall for a conversation on IU basketball here in the offseason. And there is lots to get to with Alex today. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. If you've got an IU basketball question or topic for Alex, you can send it in to us at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Alex, welcome in. Let's talk a little NBA draft to start our conversation today. Number one, do you watch the draft even without a big IU connection? And what do you think as far as Big Ten goes? Will there be multiple, maybe three, first-round uh, or top ten Big Ten uh, conference picks tonight? Yeah, I usually watch just a curiosity uh, of all the trades and, and all the action that happens. It's To me, it's one of the more fun nights of the year, basketball-wise, just to see where a lot of these young guys that you follow throughout the college basketball season end up going uh, for the NBA careers. As far as the Big Ten goes, I mean, this should be as good of a year uh, as as the league's had in recent memory in terms of lottery picks. You got you know Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray who are for sure going to go uh, somewhere in the top seven or eight, I would say. And then you've got also Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin who. Uh, should also be in the lottery, uh, and don't forget guys like uh, like Brandon out of Ohio State, who will also be uh, there in the first round. And EJ Liddell has a chance, and Travion Williams probably somewhere in the second round. So it's going to be a 
a night uh, of a lot of uh, Big Ten names being called. It'll be uh, one of the the more memorable nights in recent history uh, for the Big Ten in terms of the NBA draft. So I'll definitely watch, keep an eye on it, and definitely interested to see where a lot of these guys go. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. I, when we talk about the draft, and as I watch tonight, it's going to be hard not to think back, what, a month or just over a month or so ago when the Combine was getting ready to start. Trace Jackson Davis was selected to the Combine. He was on the West Coast working out, going through some draft workouts with other top talent, and all of a sudden comes down with COVID-19. And then just a couple days later, boom, a big announcement that he is back and going to return to IU uh, after missing the combine. We'll never really know, I think, the integral details there. Obviously, COVID got in the way of Trace and his ability to, to go through that process somewhat. But, uh, you know, what a what a tough break for Trace Jackson Davis. And who knows, maybe as we get into this season and get through the upcoming college basketball season, if I, you can deliver on some of the success that's being touted right now by people, uh, maybe a lot of IU fans will be thankful in some ways that Trace Jackson Davis had a pretty sure reason to come back to school, and that's that he, he couldn't go through the combine. He was sick. Yeah, I mean, I, I hated to see that happen just for Trace because this was the first year that uh, he even had entered the draft and, and could have a chance to actually go and get feedback and do the workouts. But um, things, everything happens for a reason. I think ultimately he probably would have been coming back to school anyway, and uh, now he's got a chance to really go out. and. I mean, you don't see it often where a guy – spends four years in school and then ends up in, you know, first round or a high draft pick. But, you know, if you win at, at, a, at a big level, uh, I think you have a chance to really um, give, give your, you know, give yourself a better shot of being drafted. Whereas, you know, Trace's, in terms of team success at IU, hasn't been great uh, over the past three years. If he comes back and Indiana reaches some of its goals as a team, I think he's going to get a much longer look from some of these teams. Uh, next summer so I think while it was disappointing uh, that he couldn't go through uh, the the process ultimately I think it probably would have taken him back to the same spot anyway because when we look we we talked about him going to the combine and everything it was most likely that he was going to be late second round undrafted uh, to begin with so it was disappointing obviously that he didn't get to go through the process but i think ultimately we would have ended up in the same spot regardless alex before we get into some more iu stuff one more comment or thought on the draft uh as a basketball guy that you and i both are and i know a lot of listeners are as well one of the things that's so interesting if you think about recent drafts as opposed to drafts back when we were younger uh, I'm amazed to see the number of foreign players that are selected every year. And, of course, many of them go on to have great careers. And I'm also interested each year to see how the pathway for some of these players to the NBA changes. The G League Ignite program is one that we talk about and read about more today. Uh, some players go to Australia or other professional leagues for a season or two until they can get to the correct age where they can be draftable by an NBA team. So uh, not a Big Ten point, not about IU, but, man, it's sure interesting to see the pathway for some of these dudes uh, to get into the NBA and where they come from and how they got there. Yeah, and it really puts a ton of pressure on NBA teams to not only track the college game efficiently, but you got to have – a really good 
perspective of, of the game from a global basis because just going back a couple of years when I believe it was um, DeAndre Ayton was picked number one and Bagley goes second and Luka Doncic went third and you, you look at that draft and you say you could go back and do that again and every time I think that it, if you redrafted it Doncic would have went first and I think some a lot of times we, we underestimate some of the the players who come from overseas because maybe we haven't seen them play um, in college and we haven't tracked them as high school players. But it just goes to show you that the NBA and basketball in general really is a global game at this point, and you have to have all your bases covered uh, everywhere uh, in order uh, to get it right on draft night. There's going to be some guys, some names probably later in the first round, second round, guys that uh, end up, you know, developing into superstars, and some of them may come in, come from from overseas. It's just it's really fascinating to see just how it's changed over the years. You know, twenty twenty five years ago, you wouldn't have such a you know a global flavor to the draft, but but now it's it's a big part of it. And uh, some of these guys uh, like Jokic and, and Doncic and Giannis have all become uh, household names, uh, and and rightfully so because they're some of the best players in the world. So. I think it's it's great for the NBA. I think really uh, it's helped ex- the NBA expand itself uh, into uh, a game that's really loved uh, across the planet. There's really no other sport you can think of. I mean, the NFL obviously dominates the the sports landscape in, in the United States, but in terms of global globally, besides soccer, I'd say NBA is, is uh, really the league that's recognized uh, across the planet. And I think a lot of that is, uh, just based on we have players coming from everywhere now, and I think it's great for the game. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, you've begun your freshman focus series at InsideTheHall.com, and the latest freshman coming in that for IU that you've written about is Caleb Banks. Uh, he, he's a player that uh, I think there was a lot of excitement about him and his potential when Indiana landed him. Uh, since that time, there have been some big things happen in that recruiting class, like Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Malik Renault, that have, I think, kind of changed the focal point of that uh, 2022 class. But Banks is still a guy that's full of athleticism and full of talent. Uh, yeah, if if you want to read more, you can check out the story at InsideTheHall.com. But give us kind of your takeaway after writing this piece on what Caleb Banks and IU basketball, what that could be like this season. Yeah, he's really the guy of the four that I think feel like people know the least amount. And he was really the first high school kid to commit to Mike Woodson and the new coaching staff. Obviously, C.J. Gunn. Uh, had already been committed to the program when the coaching change happened. And uh, really from, you know, a couple of days after getting uh, Yazir Roseman on staff, Indiana went right after Caleb Banks and got him to commit, I think, less than, than three months after Roseman joined the staff. Um, but, you know, Jalen Hitchafino and Renew are guys that people know about because of their lofty recruiting rankings and, you know, their five-star or borderline five-star guys, depending on which rankings you looked at and guns and in-state kids. I think Banks is probably the one that people have seen the least of, but I think long-term he could really be uh, a guy that helps Indiana uh, with his size and versatility on the wing. Uh, he made a pretty decent amount of three-pointers as a senior uh, in high school, shot a really high percentage, low 60s from the field. Um, 
I think the one thing with him, he's probably going to need a little time to uh, get adjusted to the college game. And uh, luckily for Indiana, they have a lot of players coming back and a lot of experience at, at you know his position on the wing. Maybe he'll play the three or the four. Uh, so he, he may be a guy that takes a couple of years uh, to really reach his true potential. But I think when you have guys that are six six foot seven that can shoot a little bit from the outside and uh, have the versatility and you know the size together, I think you you have the makings of a, of a player who uh, can really develop into something long term. You know, I, I think a lot of people were expecting some more things out of. Jordan Geronimo, he's maybe a little bit bigger uh, than Banks, but I, I don't know that he's the same. Uh, Geronimo co- came in with the same kind of sh- shooting ability that Banks did. So I, I, personally, I don't think you can have enough guys that are long and on the wing and that can kind of be versatile pieces because really that's interchangeable, the three or the four. Um, and, and that's really the direction that basketball has gone in, uh, you know, over the last decade or so is just kind of try to bring in the best athletes that that are skilled on the wings as you can and try to put the pieces together. And I think Caleb Banks uh, kind of fits into that mold. Um, So, so yeah, he's, he's a guy I think long-term Indiana fans should be excited about, but I think it's probably going to take him a couple of years to really play a significant role just based on the fact that there's, there's some guys probably ahead of him in the rotation right now. And uh, like some of the other players who have come in in recent seasons, it's going to take him some, some time to, to grow his body and, and get himself ready to play uh, in a league like the Big Ten. But long-term, I think he's someone to really be excited about. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, the name of the game right now, uh, outside of off-season work for IU and all teams at the college ranks, is recruiting. Uh, a lot of recruiting stuff going on right now. College coaches on the road last weekend and will be on the road again this weekend watching some of the uh, sanctioned or certified live events for high school teams and events associated with high schools. Of course, in July, it's more about the shoe circuits and the peach jam and some of the traditional stuff that's always been certified in the month of July. With that said, as we head into this big recruiting time, is there a recruit, uh, a someone that's a target in 2023, maybe 24, even 25, that's very intriguing to you that you're telling IU fans to watch out for because maybe not only the talent that whatever player has, but also you see a real connection with the IU coaches. Is there a name or two to really watch this July that you think could be legitimate land uh, targets uh, for IU to land? Yeah, I try not to look ahead too far. So 2024 and 2025, while offers and things like that are going out, uh, a lot can happen between now and then. And it, it's not as common now that you see the early commits. So I'm, I'm more focused on 2023. And I think really what uh, I'm most interested to see is how things develop with Xavier Booker. Obviously, Indiana's kind of ramped up the pursuit there. Uh, and Arrington Page as well, uh, the front court player um, that they've really been involved with, uh, trying to get him on campus for a visit. Um, obviously, I don't think they would want to get both of those players in this class. So we'll see kind of how things uh, materialize with Booker and how that might affect the pursuit of Page. And then beyond that, I think it's really about kind of filling in what they need to get at the three and the four. And I think what we've seen is maybe more focused on, on shooting uh, at that position. I and mean, Cohen Carr was the guy that we really talked a lot about going back to the spring. He took an official visit, um, but 
you know, I talked to him at the EYBL, and uh, didn't it sounded like he was kind of eyeing a decision later this summer, but I haven't heard a ton with him in Indiana um, lately. Uh, I know he's going to plan to take some other visits before he makes his decision, but it kind of seems like Indiana's maybe a little bit more focused on guys like TJ Power and Jamie Kaiser. Uh, those guys play the same position, but I think they bring a lot more in terms of shooting, less athleticism, obviously. So Indian is kind of in a position now with already having the two commitments from that class where I think they probably want to get a couple more guys, but they can be a little bit more selective. And, and I think you're going to see uh, them get another wing, uh, you know, three slash four guy that can shoot the ball. And then they also obviously want to get, try to get uh, Xavier Booker or another big man in this class. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. It's really a good position. Uh, for Indiana to be in, to already have those two early commitments because you don't feel uh, as much pressure uh, in terms of just getting that first commitment. Uh, they're they're really in a good spot with those two guys already in the fold. And if they can get two more, I think they'd be really happy going into November to sign four, and then you kind of see what happens in terms of who's going to leave and, and what happens with the transfer portal and, and guys opening up in the spring. We've seen the last two years uh, with Indiana already, they've been aggressive getting, getting uh, guys based off coaching changes. They did it with Tamar Bates, and then this this past spring they did it with Malik Renew. Uh, that's always going to be another avenue that they can explore as well. So I, I'm looking at kind of what happens with the five and then also uh, with the wing shooting, three or three four guys uh, as well this summer, who they prioritize and who they try to get on campus for visits. Alex, one of the good things about this offseason, even though the actual college hoop season is so long away, uh, we have got the chance to hear uh, from players. And it sounds like IU is going to make every so many weeks a player available to the media, which I've advocated for and I think is wonderful. Louisville over the years, UofL has done a great job, I think, of the in the offseason of getting their coaches out there and getting players out there just to keep the discussion and the excitement alive about things in the offseason. And later today, I believe it is, we're going to get a chance to connect with Jalen hood Shafino on a Zoom call. So I'm sure we'll have a lot to recap from what he has to say uh, when the media gets a chance to hear from him. But that that's really neat to, I think, keep the conversation going in the offseason by offering up players for a Zoom conversation with media. And I think on top of that, going to be really interesting to see what the freshman that's coming in with some uh, real star power behind him and a big national ranking, what he has to say about the start of his college career this first offseason. Yeah, it's something that IU football has really done a good job over the years in terms of just trying to make guys available and get them out in front. IU basketball has done a much better job, I think, recently with that as well. And this summer, having the opportunity at least once a week, I think it's going to be here for the foreseeable uh, next couple months to, to talk to a player. I think when you have preseason expectations like Indiana does and you got positive, all this positive talk about the program, uh, you want to try to keep that momentum going and, and keep people engaged and, and talking about the team. And I think that's what these opportunities do, you know, give, uh, give these guys a chance to get their voice out and, let fans uh, get a chance to know them. I mean, anything uh, you can do to, to try to grow uh, the presence of the program and let uh, the, the fan base become more familiar uh, with the players, I think, is a positive. So, uh, like you, I think it's, it's a great thing that they're doing that. And look forward to, to talking to some of these guys. You know, I recruited or followed and, and covered some of these guys when they were being recruited and talked to them over the years. But now they're on campus. You don't really get necessarily a regular chance to hear from them. But, 
uh, it's good that you know that we're going to at least be able to talk to these freshmen. We talked to Race Thompson last week. We talked to Trace after he made his decision uh, known that he was going to come back, and I think uh, it'll be a great opportunity just to you know have something to talk about, like on a show like this as well, and also for us to have something to write about, and it also gives fans something to read about and look forward to each week. Absolutely, Alex Bozich inside the hall with me on Thursdays on IU Basketball. Alex, thanks. All right, thank you, Matt. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment. New Jeffersonville coach Corey Norman is going to join the program as we hear about his return to Jeffersonville. Former great 93 state championship team, Coach Norman was on and back to lead the girls' program for the Red Devils. That's next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Lots of movement and new faces at Jeffersonville High School this offseason, and one of those, a very familiar face, that's Corey Norman, the new girls basketball coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils. Coach Norman, a player on the 1993 state championship team and someone that knows the Jeff community inside and out. Coach, welcome to the show, and congratulations on the job. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Coach, I'm curious, uh, for a guy like you that's Jeffersonville through and through, to have a chance to come back to Jeff, this time as the head coach of your own program to lead the girls' team, what's that feeling like here this offseason? It feels great. Um, I'm excited uh, and and honored to have the opportunity to to coach the girls this year, and hopefully we can do some new things and bring a a lot more fans to the situation and just have a good time this year. Corey, uh, I've known you for years, and I think most in the Jeff community, really Southern Indiana sports community, know you as well. Uh, let's go back uh, for a few moments, if we can, to your playing days at Jeff. Uh, of course, playing for Coach Mike Broughton, someone I know you stay very close with uh, to this day. But to win a state championship and see the community come together behind you guys and you reach that pinnacle of high school sports, I'm sure that that memory will be a motivating factor for everything you do because when Jeffersonville's got a solid product on the floor and the community's behind you, I can't think of a much better situation in high school sports than that combination. It definitely was a good time and a lot of fun times back in those days, and hopefully uh, we can share and teach the girls and with Coach Wilkerson, of course, also the boys, uh, what winning's all about and bring that championship mentality back to Jeffersonville. Now, Coach, uh, you mentioned Sharon Wilkerson, your former teammate, and you guys actually tag team up at Logansport, where I believe you're finishing up some duties there now, uh, as his assistant coach last season. So that Jeff connection between you guys is taking you across the state to some other opportunities. Uh, yeah, we've we've all kind of been around a lot of these places, and it, it, it's just fun to keep in touch with each other and definitely help each other out. And like I said, I look forward to working um, with Sharon, with the boys and the girls program, and hopefully we can make some good things happen. All right, talking with Corey Norman, he's the new girls basketball coach 
at Jeffersonville. Coach, as you come into this new situation as a head coach for you, uh, you mentioned Sharon, but also Larry Owens, the new athletic director at Jeffersonville. Does there seem to be a feeling uh, of maybe some some new faces and some new pride coming back, people that were previously attached to the athletic department or the school that want to make a real change and, and see if they can advance things forward? Is there kind of a different feeling this time around? I think there's a different feeling, um, definitely an energetic feeling. Uh, Mr. Owens, um, like you said, the new athletic director, He's been super. He's great, full of energy, and he, he just takes care of things. And so far, I mean, I have, I have nothing but great things to say about Mr. Owens, and hopefully with all the Jeff people coming back in together, there's a different kind of love for what we're going to be involved in. All right, Corey Norman, our guest, talking about his new position as the uh, head coach of the Jeffersonville Girls Basketball Program. Coach, you've had a chance, even though you're still juggling some things at Logansport as you close out there, to meet your team and to have uh, some practices and get some summer things going uh, with them as the month moves on. Uh, where do you see things as you take over this program? What's a sketch of where things are at? I think uh, with Coach Boyles, I think there's already a good foundation of what, with what she left uh, with the program. Uh, I have met the girls. Uh, we've done a couple of fundraisers, uh, some car washes and things. And again, just like um, Mr. Owens, they're full of energy and they're ready to go. Uh, we have had some workouts um, with one of my assistants, and basically we're getting them going and just showing them what it's going to be about and just trying to change the culture and just keep things moving forward. Corey, uh, again, you've been around Jeff and around the sport of basketball basically your entire life. Uh, so far in these first few weeks as you start to lay out a plan to build your own program, what are the major differences you've seen between uh, being an assistant coach and helping others uh, with their program and now having the responsibility of leading your very own? Well, first thing is it never stops. Um, <laughs> getting things going right now, um, definitely while I'm finishing up my responsibilities in Logansport, um, it's been a challenge, but I, I've got some good people around me, and they've been great, great with helping me. I've got um, some parents that have also been – very great with, with helping out and just getting things moving. And like I said, the communication piece, um, it's, been, it's been terrific. Now, Coach Norman, taking over here in the middle part of June, it doesn't leave you a lot of time to get going with summer league games and some of the practices that you probably would have liked to have had. But the good news is once school starts back in late July, you're able to begin fall workouts and have a couple practices a week where they aren't just open gyms. You can now, with the rules, actually have practices, work on offenses, defenses, and really dig in. How valuable – uh, will th those fall workouts be for the, the girls' program at Jeff, given the situation of you taking over really in the middle of the summer? They'll be very valuable. Um, I had discussed this summer with our players and some, some of the parents, and I'll just explain to them that, you know, let's not look at this as a downer. We'll have plenty of time for the season starts. Um, I'm looking forward to July, um, going around and watching some of our girls play AAU. So we're, we're kind of just slowly walking into this deal and just trying to do it the right way. Talking with Corey Norman, he was announced last week as the new girls basketball coach at Jeffersonville High School. I mentioned earlier Coach Broughton and, of course, that 93 state championship team. I know you stay in touch with Coach Broughton a lot, a lot even to this day. Uh, what advice has he had to give you about going back to Jeff and taking over this team? Uh, pretty much just, you know, stay focused, and if anything else, play fast. 
<laughs> uh, he said playing fast works, and, and I'm, I'm a believer in that. And that's what we're going to try to get our girls to buy into. All right, uh, Coach, uh, obviously uh, you, you're well-connected in the community uh, as a former player and as someone that worked in the school system, coached in the school system as well for so many years. Uh, other teammates, other Jeff people, I, I know you and Sharon both have had uh, a lot of warm welcomes. What's it been like? Uh, what have you heard from some of your former teammates, classmates, people that you've worked with and other stops at Jeff? Uh, it's got to be exciting to have that support as you return back. I've been contacted by everybody from former players to my AAU coach when I was 14 years old. Uh, congratulating me. Um, it's been it's been a terrific um, experience, and I and I appreciate all the thoughts and you know thank you thank you to all of them. All right, great stuff, Corey Norman, the new Jeff girls coach, with this coach. Uh, welcome back. Uh, always enjoyed working with you in your previous stops here in the area, and uh, thrilled to see both you and Sharon come back and have a chance to lead the boys and the girls' programs, respectively. Thanks for taking some time out to join us today, and it won't be too long down the line. We'll be, we'll be back in touch with you. I appreciate you, as always. All right, great stuff. Corey Norman with us, and just something special, something different when you see a coach get hired that has prior connections to the school. And in the case of both Coach, coach Norman and Coach Wilkerson, former players, they won a state championship at Jeff. And so just different. It's always an intriguing time when a new coach is hired. You get to see what they're going to do and how they're going to run the program and what are their teams going to look like on the floor. Will they be able to build it into a successful program once again? A little different with these guys because there's a lot of hometown pride there. And I can tell you just from people I interact with, uh, Jeff people have been really excited, uh, not just with Corey and Sharon coming back, but also uh, Larry Owens coming on to be the AD. I think he's bringing a lot of excitement uh, back to the community and some great connections there. And I know uh, all three of them already hard at work seeing what they can put together uh, for the Red Devils next season. Great to catch up with Coach Wilkerson a few weeks ago. We had Coach Owens on last week, and I wanted to make sure that we had Coach Norman with us to uh, talk about his new position as he returns to Jeff High School. That's going to wrap up things for this Thursday edition of the program. A reminder, we'll be back with you on Friday at 11 a.m. We'll have Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star and also Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Uh, he will join the program as well. And a lot of local teams headed to the Charlie Hughes shootout this weekend in Indianapolis. That's where a lot of college coaches will be as well. I know Providence, one of the local teams, headed there to play four games over the weekend, and you hope that they get to see not only some good games in, but get seen by the college coaches as well. So uh, that's on tap for the weekend as we kind of enter a slower time for basketball. But, boy, the recruiting stuff really beginning to pick up, and July will be a big month for recruiting also. I saw earlier today – Xavier Booker from Indianapolis Cathedral uh, announced that he's got uh, a date set with uh, Notre Dame for an official visit there, and we'll continue to track Booker's recruitment through the summer. But I don't think there's any question uh, he's going to be a guy that is pursued by all, and uh, it'll really come down to the wire ultimately to see what he's going to do and where he's going to go. But his recruitment for IU fans and for so many others is going to be a lot of fun to follow uh, this offseason, no question about that. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday show. Thank you for being with us. Don't forget you can always catch us as a podcast 
If you missed the live program, we're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Have a great Thursday. Talk with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.